This morning, just before 8.40 a.m., police responded to a distress call at 101 Northeast 2nd Street. Officers entered the apartment and found the body of a man in his mid-40s with stab wounds to his chest and neck. The air is humid in Portland, Oregon. There's an inescapable closeness that feels almost oppressive. I close my eyes and try to imagine growing up in a place like this, living with the feeling that I'll never be able to leave. Hicks, you want me to get rid of these guys? This is a closed briefing. There's no press. Uh, no, they're good. Uh, we had the option between body cameras and podcasters. I went with the podcasters. My kids love them. I'm Darren Blum. And I'm Dana Blue. And this is Forgotten America, Rural Footprints. Pretty good little tune right there. generally more of a sauna than an apartment at, at this time of year. Mm-hmm. We uh, There was a horrible heat wave here in L.A. a couple weeks ago, and uh, I came into the shower only to find that Beth's, like, artisanal bumblebee soap had melted. It wasn't, like, it was just, it was from Lush. It wasn't that. It was. Okay. Whatever. It, it was anyway, it's artisanal. Anyway, it was, like, $12 <laughs> soap, and now it's gone, and I'm mad. Yep. Uh, Hi everyone, uh, welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host Brandon Beck. I'm your other host Beth Scorzato. And uh, joining us today is a very, very dear friend of mine, someone I've known for literally half of my life. She's half of the songwriting team of Samsel Anderson. They wrote the music for Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Kate Anderson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Psyched to be here. We've, we've wanted to get you on for a while but now that you live in LA, it's a lot easier. We've trapped you. Oh, it's it's super easier. And it was, it yeah. was a lot easier to get your people to answer our emails. <laughs> yes, my people. <laughs> uh, so t- tell us a little bit about yourself, Kate Anderson. Oh gosh, um, Brandon, you would know me from uh, Charlotte Latin School, mm-hmm. where we attended. Uh, you would know me from childhood. Mm-hmm. Yep. You would um, know me from life. Yeah. Uh, from where improv club. I was part of um, a twin set of uh, siblings. Um, was not anymore. No, she, she still is. That's that's not correct. Lindsay is very alive and well. <laughs> She's great. She's living in Brooklyn still, where I left her a couple weeks ago to move here. You monster. I'm. I know. Um, Hi, Lindsay. She's surprisingly okay with it. It's the older sister that uh, that is less okay with it. Oh, oh, really? Well, that's because I was her babysitter. Babysitter. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, go, move wherever you want. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, I take my kids. <laughs> that's pretty much it. We grew up doing like comedy and theater together. Yeah, I th- I, I want to say the first show we ever did like together. Uh huh. Because because for most of like middle school. You and Lindsay were in them, but I was still, like, doing backstage stuff. But I think it might have been, we did a production of Inherent the Wind. Oh. Inherent the Wind? Inherent. Inherent. Inherent that wind. Inherent. How inherent That wind is is very inherent. Oh, we all, we we just knew the wind was It was implied. The wind wind was implied. (laughs) The wind was implied. Yes. Um, That, that production, which uh, none of us fully comprehended at the time. Like, having a very conservative private school in North Carolina Ugh. do 
the evolution play yeah. is uh, the irony of it didn't really strike me in 2002, but now it's hilarious. Yeah. Kids get to do cool theater now. Can we just talk about that for yeah, a second? Yeah, they do. Yeah, like while, while we were there, all the theater that we did was like, the most contemporary comedy we ever did was like The Man Who Came to Dinner. Yeah, the the where we got to like at least have a voice or like a say in the matter was the one acts that yes. we got, we were allowed to do. I think once a year, like starting with my freshman year, yeah, they was... let seniors choose one act plays to do. And that was like giving, um, oh gosh, like, like giving pretentious seniors who have only been stuck doing Guys and Dolls mm-hmm. and Wizard, like Wizard of Oz. Standard, yeah. Um, like giving them that, like everybody was like, "Oh, I have to go read every Christopher Durang play because I, I understand those." And yep. here's one that's sort of about, I don't know, like we it was so high above. This our is understanding. a metaphor for sex that we don't understand. We don't get it, but uh, and half the words in this play we don't even know how to pronounce. But uh, and then you got Brandon over here writing <laughs> metaphors about sex he's not getting. That is very mm. that is very true because the, the breakdown of of writers for these things, half the plays were Christopher Durang. Half mm-hmm. the plays were David Ives. David Ives. Because both of them write these one acts that are very, like, gamey. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, like... Like, you could base an improv game off of a Christopher Durang play. Definitely, Like, it's, yeah. you know... Like, there's... Like, the one the one that comes to mind the most is, like, this couple going through a date, and every time one of them says something wrong, they just dings a bell and the date starts over. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a sketch comedy premise stretched to 20 minutes, but that's also, like, sort of the perfect kind of thing for more in over their heads than they'd like to admit juniors and seniors to do. Yeah, and then the other... Oh, and then the the third one was, it was either Durang, Ives, or for the last two years, me. (laughs) Because I decided, oh, "Oh, I'm just going to start writing one acts and directing them because I need to. Yeah, because then then you would avoid having like the one senior who was like, "Uh, I chose a mammoth play about alcoholism and death. (laughs) And somehow that would get approved by Like no one even knew what they were saying oh Ugh. god yeah i i even i even dealt with some school censorship and a couple different mm-hmm. couple different moments where like one of the plays i wrote was about it was basically the odd couple if one of them was a zombie mm-hmm. and at the end the guy's girlfriend that he was breaking up with uh who had just recently been turned into a vampire as like a vague metaphor for figured out her sexuality. And uh, the speech that the vampire gives at the end to the main character, who's a dickbag, is like, I, you know, I may be evil, but at least I'm not an asshole. And they had a huge problem with the word asshole. But we're but we're down with like the Native American ceremony and the music man. Sure, yes. And the Chinese guys in anything goes. Well, I mean, every high school has, you know, done those and we did those. That's true. We were Greece was always too risque. Oh, we did Greece though. (laughs) But they did that this year, didn't they? Oh god, no. Latin for for as much as they might progress or have a little more lax standards for theater. Greece is never gonna fly. But <laughs> never gonna fly. The larger point is, there's really great shows out there for for teenage audience. Oh, absolutely. For teenagers now. Well, now like, they're doing like like Heather's like at high schools. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, really? Like, there's yeah. all kinds of cool stuff there's because really great stuff everything that that's hitting Broadway 
um, or even off-Broadway is basically going through some kind of licensing where they get licensed sure. out as a high school version. Yeah. That makes sense. And we didn't have that. Yeah. I remember my senior year, they had just released Les Mis for schools and everybody yeah. was like killing to do that. Yeah. So I like I work very closely now with Tim McDonald, who um, runs iTheatrics, which is basically the licensing um, sure. company for MTI for all of these shows. And they do giant theater festivals called like Junior Theater Festival is one okay. where all the middle schools from around the country come and do these huge like weekend long like huge super fun theater festivals and i'm like where was this yeah right where was this for us a couple years after i had graduated they started essentially the like charlotte high school theater tonys mm-hmm. and it yes. like became like yeah. a big thing uh-huh the bloomies the bloomies yeah and it was like man if we had the bloomies I would have busted ass yeah, so much bloomies, harder than I did. The Bloomies fed into the Jimmies, and the Jimmies made it, got you a career. Uh, and like, I'm not in, saying I had Jimmy potential. In the, in the but South, they're called sprinkles. Sprinkles. Jim, not Jim. Jimmies. Oh. oh. Never mind. Continue. Anyway, <laughs> you would think that this episode was about <laughs> theater, but it's not. No. It is I, uh, about. Uh, we're going to talk about podcasts, but first. Brandon, what are you into this week? Do you think of something yet? I did not. Oh, okay. Well, I told him I would go first. Um, hey guys, what up? I'm still here talking about Ducktales. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. That finale, the finale was so just good. came out, and then at the end there is a voice that I'm very excited about, and I don't want to karate kick this guy. I've talked about it a lot on Twitter, but I guess I won't spoil it openly on our podcast. But it's very good. Yeah, one one of our Ducktales still very good. I can highly recommend it. And now there are two seasons out, and it just ended, and you should go watch them all. Yeah, the, the finale was, like, gorgeous to look at and, like, genuinely exciting, and also had some, like, genuinely disturbing visuals in it. You were more freaked out by that than I was, but, um... They were horrifying. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I was traumatized right? by the Right, I mean, it was it was fine, but, um, like, the, the season arc ends up taking some, like, serious, like, family stuff... And, like, having some real, like, the last couple episodes are just, like, one of them is actually, which is funny on an animated show, but it's actually a bottle episode. And it's really good. But, yeah, it's me. It's it's me back yelling at you about DuckTales some more. (laughs) Still that. This is the reboot with, um, like, Beck Bennett and, Yeah, Yeah, and David Tennant. Yeah, it came uh, out last year. Ben Schwartz? Came out, I yeah. think. It, yeah. I think it premiered at the end of September last year, and here I am, still yelling about it because it's still good. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I was also uh, very. I was also yelling about I it before it came out. Times. I've been very excited about it. It's it's very good. Like it's. I was always excited about it, but like it's genuinely funny. It's genuinely like very well put together. The animation is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're doing some real real good. And work. they're doing God's work with the fan service. Yeah. Was, oh yeah. There was one episode that Brandon Brandon can vouch that I was sitting here watching, and he hears me from the other room. You literally yell, "If I do not see Gizmo Duck by the end of this episode, I am going to lose my fucking mind." Yep. Or, or like the one that tied into both Tailspin and Darkwing Duck. Ugh, I can't. Can't! So I am into this particular weekend. There's a bit of a tragedy. Stalling? A bit of a tragedy occurred oh. earlier this week. That you're into? That well, I'm, I'm getting to it. Um, so ear- earlier this weekend, there was supposed to be a, a music oh, festival up in, up in upstate New York. <sighs> Uh, featuring a band called Fish that you maybe maybe have heard of if you've listened to this show. Or um, talked to him for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or ever been in a room 
or my car with me. Every couple She's years. like, no, really? <laughs> he hasn't grown out of this yet? No, he hasn't. Okay. It's like everyone else we knew in high school. Yes, we all listened to Mo, but we all stopped. <laughs> nah, I would argue that I know at least one person who has not. <laughs> if we, we all know that same person. It's him and the other guy. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, so they were supposed to do their, they, they'll do a big festival every two to three years. Um, that they've been doing this since, since about 1997. It was sort of like a proto Bonnaroo when they did it, and now it's just you know sort of their big into the summer party. Um, they've been doing them up in Watkins Glen, which is a like a racetrack up in upstate New York. Um, but early last week they had a ton of flooding, which led to all of the gross shit that got caught up in the flood got flooded into the lake. That was the source of the potable water for the entire Watkins Glen area. Is it potable? I always thought it was potable. It might be potable. I know they're potent potables and not potent potables. Yeah, I think Mm. it's potable. Um, what, what, okay. Point is the water supply got contaminated and they had to cancel. Yeah, the the water was not marijuanable. And so they had to cancel the festival, like, after people had already started arriving and, like, when it was, like, a perfectly beautiful sunny day out. Okay. Um, but one of the few cool things that came out of it was on their, they were doing a limited run serious station for a little while that was broadcasting from the festival. And their archivist did an installment of his uh, From the Archives show, which is basically, and they've been doing them at festivals where there will be an hour or two of rare stuff that has never really been played before, like some demos or like proper, like nice sounding recordings of things you could maybe only hear from like a recording from some dude's car. Um, And because the show got canceled and everyone was really like bummed out, they did a four-hour installment of From the Archives that is super choice. And, like, it's not – it doesn't make up for there not being a festival, but, like, if you want some interesting fish jams that you've never heard before – Listen on, to almost any album, most of you. That's true. Mm. But you can go on the Google and uh, find uh, From the Archives with old uh, Kevin Shapiro. I'd highly recommend it. And I'm going to go just walk into traffic now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Point is, we're both into the same thing yes. we're always into. Yes. Anyway, Kate, do you have anything you're into this week? Oh, let me add something fresh to the pile then. I'm, uh, I'm, I am brand new to L.A., as I mentioned previously, and, um, and uh, I just went to a psychic yesterday. Oh. That is the most L.A. thing yeah. you could have possibly done yeah. within your first month. Well, I so I had been to her. crystals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Her name is Venus of Venice. <laughs> I did not buy crystals, but I did buy some candles. One is for money. One is for love. Aww. I will willingly admit that. Um, did she also sell you a weed card? She did not, no. She was incredible. I've been to her before. And uh, and then I took some people. Um, and just like she is very legit. Like it is eerie how correct she is and and I'm talking like you go in and you don't say anything you give her her, your full name and your birthday and she starts like like yawning like that and then she just kind of like hits the nail on the head right away and I don't want to get too specific because it is like you know a little bit like personal and I feel very excited about the things she said I feel I feel a little bit at peace with some things from the past and um You know, I mean, I'm taking it all with a grain of salt because, like, things could change at any second. Sure. But uh, I feel hopeful about um, some things that are faded, apparently, for me. And, um, yeah, check back uh, 
subscribe and follow to uh, to <laughs> smash see. that like and subscribe button, fam. <laughs> I uh, I'll tell you if uh, if things uh, that she predicted um, do come true. I will be the first to say, holy shit. What do you get out of a psychic reading? Like, like, what does it even entail? Like, I've, I've never been entirely sure. Like, you just go in and she just talks at you? Um, She receives um, images from the guides. Okay. Um, So she says, I'm seeing an image of, and she kind of describes it, and, and she kind of speaks on it in a way that it starts to, like, it. I mean, for me, like everything she said image wise, for the most part, I was like, yes, 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 100 percent. And she does tarot while she's talking to you. And the tarot is kind of either confirming. yeah. Yeah. What she's seeing. And she sometimes would go, oh, oh, that's really interesting. They're showing me this. And um, and that was kind of fun to like figure out what like those things meant. Um, Yeah. And like pe- certain people in my life were coming through really strong. Like there's sure. no way she could have known like certain things. But she'd be like, who's the woman with the cake? Right before you left, there was a woman with a cake. And I'd be like, oh, that's like, yeah, I know exactly who that is. And um, and she'd talk a little bit about them and like how they're like in my life or like how they're going to be in my life in a very significant way or huh. things like that. I, I, I like it because... I don't know, like, if you just made a huge leap, like, personally, like, I just moved out here on, like, made my mind up, like, two months ago, huge leap, left a community and nine years of a life behind, and to get a little bit of confirmation that, like, it was the right choice, or, like, that, like, I'm on the right path, like, feels good, whether or not it actually even she knows, you know what I mean, like, she actually even knows that to be true. It still like is nice to hear. Yeah, totally. I'm sure a therapist could probably tell me the same thing, <laughs> but this is more fun. That's true. <laughs> cheaper and and that when cheaper you, indeed. When you say wisdom from the guides, you mean like zagats or? I mean like your yes, your zagat, your Yelp, your or like like she's the hidden Mickey guidebook. Um, sure. Um, <laughs> yes. He just really wanted to make that joke. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been sitting on that, but I I, I did want you to have your earnest moment, but then I did. I was sitting on that for a little while. Yes. <laughs> so uh, now that we've gotten through all of that. Welcome to the most meta episode of a podcast ever <laughs> where we talk about why we like podcasts. Yep. <laughs> so, so Kate, the podcast. Yes. What is it that you love about podcasts? I, I have only come to love podcasts truly in maybe the last year and okay. a half. So like I was a little late to the podcast train. Sure. Um, but when I realized how amazing they are, I I would say I spend uh, probably 30% of my day listening to them now, which is a significant chunk. Yeah. Um, I like that when you're listening to podcasts, you feel like you're with people. As someone who works from home and like often spends the day trying to write alone. Um, it's really nice to take moments to like listen to podcasts. That sounds so pathetic. No, no, that that, <laughs> that is, you are nowhere near the first person I've ever heard say that. Yeah. And I, I have said very similar things. It's, sure. It's a medium that by virtue of it being in your head, mm-hmm. like as opposed to like, a radio show mm-hmm. which like sure there are people that are like super attached to like Rush Limbaugh or oh, talk radio mm-hmm. or whatever but like they with this don't throw wanted. that much shade yeah. on radio because uh I'm very into KCRW and you know this oh no no no, no I'm, I'm not I'm not throwing shade on radio I, I I just mean like 
there's a difference between that kind of thing and like a show that is designed for headphones mm-hmm. to be in your head mm-hmm. that is often a discussion of something that you specifically are very into yes um or you know people you enjoy yeah and you can you really have your pick like if you're listening to the radio you're kind of listening to whatever comes on yeah but with podcasts oh there's a million of them and and the choice is yours oh yeah it's yours to make so how did you can even like even for something like this you can choose to listen to one episode and then the next one if it's about a topic you don't care about you can skip skip it it. oh yeah there there are some especially things with back catalogs oh totally there are some shows that I listen to without fail every week, mm-hmm. regardless of who the guest is, regardless of Same. if the, the topic is something I find interesting. I just, I, I love the voices and the personalities. But what was what was the podcast that, that first kind of like hooked you? I mean, it's cliche, but it was Serial, um, the first season of Serial. Sure. Um, that was when I really discovered podcasts, which I think like, I mean, I, I could probably say that for a lot of people like that. Serial mm-hmm. kind of yeah. changed the game. I think um, I might be the only person on earth that didn't listen to it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've never actually so listened to like a, in, as much as it is nonfiction, one of the, I've never listened to a narrative podcast. I've never listened to something that is, you have to listen to all of them in an order that it is, you know, something like the zone cast, you know, the adventure sure. zone. Well, like it's something cereal. that is, yeah. Serial, yeah. Well, I mean, I know by definition. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, well, technically everything is serialized, but that doesn't mean right. it's necessarily chronological. But and it was interesting too the way that when serial popped, mm-hmm. like the at first it was like big among podcast people mm-hmm. because oh hey this is the This American Life spinoff show right. that's produced by Sarah Koenig who's one of the like This American Life all stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like it wasn't until maybe two or three episodes in where it was just suddenly like, oh, everyone in the world is listening to this. Right. It was interesting that that the first podcast that really exploded into the mainstream wasn't what I feel like most people who like podcasts would think of when they think podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like the sort of standard, and it's easy to, to make fun of, it's, oh, it's just some like 20-something white dudes talking about whatever which is like what was the thing i sent you the other day i saw i god i wish i knew who it was because i'd love to give him credit i think i saw a, a joke on i don't remember where it was but remember i sent you this joke that it was somebody was just like oh you know a bunch of people record their hangout and call it a podcast yeah which like that's what a lot of early podcasts were yeah, yeah. but like that's just because that's in the early days of the medium that was kind of what you could do right but now that it's been around for however long Right. Um, it's you can do so so much more. Yeah. Um, you find that angle. What, you find that audience. What was it about serial that grabbed you? Um, I I guess it sort of made me realize that true crime interests me greatly. Sure. I think um, that's what made it pop off so much. Americans yeah. in particular are fascinated with true crime. This is actually what our episode was supposed to be about last week, but. We'll come back to it. We'll, yeah. We'll still have one. I don't get it. I don't get it, you guys. You don't get true crime? I don't get it. Ugh. I don't get it at all. Well, I mean, Unsolved first off, though, mysteries. I also think it's such a funny term because it's, true crime is supposed to fake crime. But uh, right, That's right, true. Right. But still, yeah. But yeah, like cold cases and like reopening cases and looking at them now that we have like more technology and more ways of, um, 
I don't know, an analyzing data. Like it's so interesting to to go back to those unsolved crimes or crimes where somebody's been sitting in jail for, you know, 10 or 15 years and could be innocent. Sure. And, you know, and that, so that sort of started the wave of like, then next there was like the Stephen Avery thing on Netflix and, um, you know, all those kinds of things came after that. Um, But for me, a serial led me to a thing called My Favorite Murder. I have heard very, very good things about my favorite murder. Yes, I've I've never I've never heard it. Back when I worked in the Simpsons show, uh, Georgia Hart's Dark came well, and did the show. Oh my gosh! And she was a delight. She yeah. was great. Um, but that's literally all I know about that show. Yeah, go on. Well, so I I consider myself a murderino. Um, howdy do, murderino. Howdy do, and. I just feel like Karen and Georgia, who are the hosts, it's Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. I, they're they're two people that like I personally want to be friends with, and like yep. therefore I love listening to them like all day. Like I will listen to when it first came out. Like I was maybe twenty episodes behind, so okay. that was great because I you know went through and listened to every episode till I caught up. And now it's like I have to wait a week. But they do a mini-sode on Mondays where they read um, hometown murders. Okay. Which are when people write in with a murder that happened in their hometown or something weird that happened, like, in their childhood or, like, whatever. So they read basically, like, fan emails. Um, And then they do a weekly episode um, where they each talk about a murder. And it's a comedy podcast. Of course. (laughs) Of course. And that's... I guess, like, there is a whole group of people who are like, I don't understand how that's a comedy. Um, are they laughing at murder? And no, they are not. Oh, that totally. is not, exa- like, at all what they are doing. It's just interesting to have two very funny, very smart women um, talk about what is generally a male-heavy topic um when it comes to murders and mm-hmm. sure assaults and terrible things that have happened throughout time though it seems like women in general tend to be more into true crime stuff than men that's true i saw an article about this perhaps but... that is true yeah yeah and 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 what does that say well and, and i think that is part of the nature of why it's such a special medium mm-hmm. is that there is room for something that is that specific of like you know oh i want to hear people that are funny but i also want to hear them talk about something kind of gruesome or like my my favorite podcast at the moment and i've talked about it on the show before is podcast the ride which Mm. is it's three huge theme park nerds who are also comedy writers making jokes about the thing i love more than just about anything else Mm -hmm. and i think I think podcasting, if you if you look, you can find that show for yourself. It might not be My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. It might not be Podcast the Ride. It might not be My Brother, My Brother and Me. But I'm pretty sure there's something out there. But they oh, do yeah. tend to skew towards comedy. I, I feel like maybe three or four years ago that was the case. I don't think that's the case now. No, because there's a lot of like documentary style totally. podcasts There are. Now. There's also a lot of talk radio, like a lot of NPR um, stuff is now also produced as podcasts or yeah, like KCRW, right. for example, produces a lot of podcasts that don't get aired um, yeah. and get put up in their, their capsule type things. They're, they're small, they're, they're specific to, you know, that 
particular branch or whatever. So there's things that are just about L.A., you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, talk radio is now getting in on the game. Or even I think like one of the local radio stations, I think uh, they have the Woody show in the morning and they put up every episode of their morning show as a podcast and you can oh, go really? back and listen to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Um, so like radio is trying to get in on the podcast game in a way, but I, I don't I mean, I don't I do. I like podcasts d- despite I was under when we started this one. It was I, I was a host by duress more than anything. Um in that we needed to have a second host. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very into podcasts. He always wanted to do it. But I just, it's one of those things that I don't listen to very many. And I've only started listening to them maybe in the past year. And even then I'll listen to them every week for like a while and then stop. Right. And, and not anymore. And I think for me, I just, and, and it's weird because I will like just listen to NPR all day. And I don't know, there's just something about it that like I can't wrap my head around why this why not like tv or just listen to the radio like well i like i don't know there's just something and it's not and and it's not like a judgy thing like i don't get why other people listen to it there's just i feel like it's so overwhelming that i can only like discover things that other people i know like and like there's so many of them and i don't even know what i'm looking for it is overwhelming i agree (laughs) with that that's true yeah yeah so okay let's let's uh Kate, between you and I, I think we could probably we could probably uh, you know figure this out. Let's find you a podcast, shall we? Ooh. Oh God! Let's let's find you a show that is tailored to your interests to prove that podcasts are for one and all. Yes. Look, I know podcasts are for one and all, but my interests are sleeping. Well, okay. Then you might like <laughs> yeah. you might like the Sleep with Me podcast. From I want to say PRI, it used to be on Feral, but then Feral shit the bed. Sleep with Me is a podcast where a very boring man named Scooter talks you to sleep. It's very delightful and oh, very charming. Won't work for me. We've talked mm. about this. No good. Because you listen to it, hmm. but it wouldn't work for me. You know what I actually do want to listen to that I should probably listen to though. Actually, just based on premise alone, can I pet your dog? Yes. Yes, the the maximum fun jam. Can I pet your dog? Can I pet your dog? Which I ask regularly. I did yesterday. I mm-hmm. met a very very good like boxer pibble mix named Bambi, and she was very sweet. And <gasps> oh. she was just very overwhelmed because we were outside PatCon and there were a lot of people. But she was like yeah. being real chill. She was just so nervous, but she was very sweet. Oh. She was. She was. Very and I good. did pet that dog. Oh man. <laughs> One time I had a contest with my roommates to see who could pet more dogs in the span of 15 minutes. Who won? Who won? Um, I think they did, Aww. my two roommates. They're very animal. But you had to go up and say, excuse me, may I pet your dog? It was it had to be a whole exchange. Oh, that yeah. sounds terrifying. Yeah, um, yeah, which I'm great at. I have no shame asking if I can pet people's dogs. It was dogs. hilarious. That sounds awful. Yeah, it was in Union Square Park. <laughs> uh, have you guys listened to um, How Did This Get Made? A few times. Because I feel like that's like it spans so many things that if you're, I think yeah, I think you would like that one I too. I think you would like it. How, I, I I feel like how did this get made is one of the kind of like granddaddy comedy podcasts, right? Like the ones that have been around for long enough, like is, like that. Isn't and, that one just about like how bad movies got made? No, it's that one is about it's it's Paul Shear. 
uh, from Human Giant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. His wife, uh, June Diane Raphael. I uh, don't know her, but I've seen her in the coffee Jason bean. I think Man. they live near us. They, they, they do, yeah. They, they <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason Manzoukas, who is just a, a fucking genius. He was Raffy on the Yes, week. I know who he is. Well, I, I know you know, but I was just explaining to our audience. Okay, but you always assume I never know. Well, I never know who anybody is, but I know who these people are. <laughs> um, and the whole, the whole thing of the show is that they, they will watch a very bad movie and they bring on a guest usually right yeah they they bring on a guest and they don't so much like tear it apart the way like the flop house does or something like that it's it's not so much making fun of the movies it's just trying to figure out what what was the thought process that went into this right yeah like how did we how did you get from we're gonna make a mario brothers movie to the Mario Brothers movie we got. Well, that's what I said the premise was. I said, don't they just walk, like talk about bad movies and how they got made? Well, it's TV shows too, I think. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's whatever. True. But um, there's also now, um, I don't know, like it's it's not, the podcast, the uh, podcast world is not quite as wild, wild west as it used to be because now you have certain networks and you have subscribe they're not all free anymore sometimes you have to pay like things like yeah. super ego you buy yeah so like the whole model of podcast is changing too which is going to be interesting to see how that you know mm-hmm. goes and, forward and because we're, we're we're really still just kind of in the early early days of that like mm-hmm. at this point i would say the big the big podcast networks are Probably Maximum Fun. And they're one of the oldest ones, and they're, too. Yeah, they're one of the oldest ones. They've been Jordan around. Jesse Go and, and You Look Nice Today are very old, uh, as podcasts go. Sound of Young America, I think. Oh, Sound of Young of. America, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, they've been doing uh, those shows for well over a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're like, there's Max Fun. Forever Dog. Forever Dog, is a new yeah. one. Newish? Um, I feel yeah, I feel like they're kind of newish. newish. Yeah. There's Maximum Fun. There's Earwolf. There's, Earwolf. Yeah, Earwolf is, I think, the other sort of... Earwolf... And now kind of Stitcher, which is sort of yeah. But that's not a network so much. Yeah, that's a platform. That's a platform, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, Which actually, here's big news. Hey, guys, you can listen to us on Stitcher now. That's true. You can. We're on Stitcher now. That's new. We we just got approved on there. That's very exciting. This is the first episode that will go up on Stitcher. I don't know how you can find it, but we'll make sure you can on our Twitter. Right. (laughs) I'll, I'll include links and stuff. No, I mean, you just go to search. You go to Stitcher and you search our podcast just like anywhere else. You can find it. Yeah. So now we are on Google Play and and iTunes and Stitcher. And I guess technically one of those feeds over to Windows, but I don't understand how Windows works. So, Do we want PC users listening to our show? I mean, you have Android users listening to our show. Yeah, but they're not monsters. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a Android user and I listen. No, I don't listen to our show. That's a lie. That, that's very true. <laughs> sure do not. <laughs> For sure do not. Much to his annoyance. <laughs> um. So... What what are your what are your other your other big shows? Um, my, and, do you, and do you think there's like something kind of unifying about the shows you listen to? Like, is there is there one particular like type of show you listen to more often than others? Um, or? Yes, I do think so because I think that I would call myself a student of my craft. Okay, if that makes sense. And to me, the way I feed that curiosity and that like want want to know more and to know how people got to where they are Mm -hmm. is through podcasts um so for me there's a couple that I love obviously the big one is WTF um which is Mark Maron's podcast for those who don't know lock the gates um 
And he interviews all kinds of people. Writers, comedians, actresses, actors. He interviewed Barack Obama once. He did. Politicians, He asked filmmakers. all of them, are we good? And then- <laughs> <laughs> like as if they have beef. Oh, yeah. Because he has a lot of beef with people from the past because he claims he was an asshole for a really long time. The first maybe two years of that show. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, he's Mark Barron. Um, the first two years of that show, pretty much every interview starts with him going like, look, I'm I'm sorry. I I was I was in an I was an asshole. Yeah. Ten years ago. And the person generally That's a pretty going, good Mark Maron. Eh, yeah. It's fine. That was and then, decent. And the other the other uh, the other person going. Yeah, you were. I guess we're cool. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, oh, God. Who was... Um, there was one particular interview where it's so awkward because they have to talk about this incident that happened. Um, oh, my gosh. Why am I blinking? Ah! It'll come to me. Yeah. Um, was it like... Was it like Jay Leno was on recently? It or? wasn't Jay Leno. No, it was... Um, Carlos Mencia one, which is bonkers. No. no. It'll come to her. It will. Um... I'm just blanking so you, on the actor's name and I don't know why because I can see him clearly in my head. So you tend to like ones that are with where you get to learn stuff from other people in like entertainment. And, Correct. And, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then there's one that's like a little more niche for that. Um, uh, even though I am a songwriter, I also consider myself a comedy writer and um, aspiring comedy actress, I guess, as well. And um, I love... Uh, one called The Need to Fail. Okay. Um, fairly new. Don Finelli, um, he's a big, like, Upright Citizens Brigade oh, yeah. guy. Don Finelli's brilliant. Um, yeah, he's amazing. I don't think I've ever um, met him, but every time I've ever seen him, it's been... I saw him and Gethard and, like, a mm-hmm. third person do a three-pov set. Like, he's incredible, three yeah. Years ago. That was brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah, he's, like, on been on some of my favorite improv teams ever. He was, like, my teacher for my 401, and he... He's on the Chris Gathered show for a while, oh. and he's just amazing. Um, is he a good teacher? Great teacher. Nice. Really good, yeah. Anyway, so he has this podcast called The Need to Fail, where he interviews people largely in the comedy field about how what failures got them to where they are today. And it's so inspiring because if there's one thing to listen to a podcast where people talk about their many, many successes – it's not as encouraging as listen, listening to people talk about the many, many times that they have failed because there's something so much more relatable about that and more encouraging about that. Oh, totally. I, I love hearing that because it makes me feel like, okay, like, yeah, like I'm, go- I'm like, it, it's totally normal to feel like a giant failure most of the time. Yep. Especially, <laughs> especially in, in our industry. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's like, it's easy to say like, oh, everyone in LA feels like a fraud. Right. But no, everyone in LA does legitimately feel like a fraud. Most yeah. Of we're the time. all literally dealing with imposter syndrome on a daily basis. Maybe yep. not everybody. The narcissists are probably. That's <laughs> true. Doing okay. I saw uh, there was a, tweet uh the the other day there was a a hashtag on twitter that was trending where people were sharing their rejection letters they were sharing their first rejection letters and the best one i saw was somebody who's like all i really learned from the my first rejection letter hashtag is that apparently everyone's written a novel but me (laughs) 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 which i thought was pretty good yeah you know how do you how do you feel about the the recap podcast which mm-hmm. sort of seems like a, it's it's a newer format, I think, sort of over the last maybe couple, three years of just 
we're going to go through a series episode by episode or or a series of films. You know what, or, though? In a way, it's almost like they're going back and catching up for the fact that, like, things like that didn't exist. Like, somebody's going to go back and... Re- like, there was one on the West Wing, right? Where they're rewatching the West Wing and, and doing... Oh, yeah. All their uh, comment on it. What, what's his name? Uh, Josh Molina co-hosted West Wing Weekly. Yeah, so they're going back and commenting on that and all of that, but I feel like that's not really any different than something like The Talking Dead, where they talk about the episode right afterwards, or like the, mm-hmm. af- the Game of Thrones after show. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, that's yeah, a popular thing now. Like, yeah, it feels like commentary and after there, the... there are shows that didn't have the opportunity for that because they were older. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So it's kind of just taking that modern concept and applying it to older things. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Um, cause, cause it's interesting that, that a, a large chunk of this medium has become reflecting on other mediums. Yeah. Which, which I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's the best use of it. And like, there are plenty of shows like that that I loved. I mean, I worked on one for two years, but like, I don't know. To, to me, there's so much room in this space for innovation and experimentation mm-hmm. and just like getting real weird with it and and trying things that might not work that i i, I feel it, it feels like the conservative choice to make because like you, um, you're you, if if it's a show that's popular you're gonna have a kind of built-in audience sure which like i totally under i totally understand that right but like yeah. i think the shows that have always grabbed me the most were the ones that feel like like for the longest time my favorite podcasts were probably super ego Mm-hmm. Which is a which is super produced which compared is to a super lot of produced. podcasts. Yeah, which the funny thing is it's improv, but also super produced. Oh, yeah they they would improvise sketches, um, and then just like really heavily edit them, like post production, yeah. to make them sound like like the 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 best one to check out is they have a uh, series of sketches about the X Wing Brown Squadron Ooh. rather than like Red Squadron or Blue Squadron's Brown Squadron. That's like it sounds like Star Wars. Wow! Like the audio production is legitimately incredible, but then it's also just filled with like clearly improvised weird jokes that just make these other guys crack each other up. Oh, yeah, but, and they also have a running sketch where they are a um like a fake country band, and then they went and recorded an album as that band. And it's, I mean, all the songs are like like if you listen to the lyrics, they're they're pretty vulgar and. and absurd they're all but about fucking they're all about fucking but it's actually a banger of an album amazing <laughs> it's a very good yeah. album Wait, <laughs> it's like a legitimately pretty good country album <laughs> very pumped to go explore this show i'll, I'll yeah, yeah i'll, I'll say, I'll say yeah. it to you. Um, amazing. and it's called uh what's the band uh, is the, the band is called the journeyman the journey album is mount us more yeah <laughs> which which is just their faces on mount rushmore yeah mount, mount us uh, it's kind of really stupid but like that and thrilling adventure hour for a good little while were to oh, me that was the, a like, huge one for people and for them in a podcast yeah in general. that that captured i think a similar but not nearly as big audience as say welcome to night Vale did yeah uh which just became this thing that exploded mm. but uh throwing adventure hour was a old time radio show like mm-hmm. a, like a radio serial that they did as a live show here in la and they would record essentially three episodes of these serialized shows mm-hmm. and then just release them as individual podcasts with like a full band and like phenomenal actors. So yeah, I guess I have listened to one that's that's serialized. I guess cuz I listened to some of the Sparks Nevadas with you. That's true. But I yeah. never listened to all of it. Yeah. And, and and those shows were like serialized in the loosest sense. Yeah. 
Um, Some of them had more continuity than others. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It just it just sort of seems like a like a waste of the medium to let it get completely over overrun by just people re, like talking about old episodes. Of, yeah, you know, Blossom or whatever. Sure, but like. I'm also a pretentious art fuck. Yeah. And podcasting is legitimately my favorite medium and has been for like a decade now. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I think if there's like a fun take on it, like that's when, that's when I will like tune in. Oh, absolutely. Like this isn't a podcast, but like the Betches recap of um, The Bachelor, I like look forward to. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I got sucked into The Bachelor a couple of years ago and now I'm a full blown addict. And I love reading those recaps because those girls who write those are so fucking funny. Um, so, like, that's the kind of thing that if that was a podcast, which it might be, I don't know, um, I would 100% tune in. Yeah. But if it's just somebody being like, yeah, like, in this episode, uh, Blossom decides to, I don't know, then I don't yeah. think uh, there's nothing. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's kind of like the same, here, a little peek behind the curtain, there you go, I can do a... (coughs) (coughs) Fuck! (laughs) That's what you get! That's what I get for... I entered the dunk zone too quickly. (laughs) Welcome to the dunk zone! Aborted! I tried to go into the dunk zone too quick and was was punished for my hubris. No, but, um... The dunk zone only lets you enter it when it wants you to. Oh, God. Um, That's the doors of the dunk zone opening. I'm, I've lost I've lost the thread That's fine <laughs> The thread is this face That I'm making I'm uh-huh. sorry I'll fill you in later Kate Don't um, If you've listened to our podcast You know what the dunk zone is um, <laughs> No I That I mean that's It's always more interesting When there's someone That feels like they Have If you're gonna do a recap Or something That they have some kind of Quote unquote expertise mm-hmm. um, Like even when we Invite people onto this show i mean that's one of the things is like that he and i have arguments about all the time we're just like okay but what do they know about it mm. it's like i could tell you all day that i like for example him he could say oh yeah i like watching basketball but he couldn't tell you the first fucking thing about basketball unless it's the mid-90s charlotte hornets yeah like and then i could tell you that mugsy bogues runs under everyone's legs in every game yeah and then that's it that's not true he's, he's a, a small little guy he's like five six yeah, he's like he's like a normal human size yeah. But that was the whole... But he's small compar- in comparison. Exactly. Yeah. They used to sell so many shirts at Hornets games of, like, dramatic cartoon drawings of Muggsy Bogues running under people's legs. Yeah. Like he did it ever. I kind of remember this. God, the mid-90s Hornets were actually pretty fucking dope. Yep. Yeah, I just um, remember they were... If you've always loved reading our, bach- our Bachelor recaps, you can now listen to it in podcast form on The Bachelor. What? Yeah. They have They have a couple podcasts. Uh, Kate just disappeared. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's just like a Kate-shaped cloud. They have, yeah, they have Betch Slapped, The Bachelor, uh, Dating Advice is one called You Up, which is very good. <laughs> Amazing. That's very good. Uh, Betches Sup. Betches. Diet Starts Tomorrow. Everyone's Gay, which is very good. Yeah, so they have quite a few podcasts. Great. Including You Can. So you can listen to The Bachelor recaps. Wow. So She's as- like, well, now we know. right now. So aside from just listening to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. how have they wound up like influencing your creative work, if they have at all, or just sort of your life in general? So like Don Finelli's podcast, The Need to Fail, comes to mind quite a bit. He 
they talk about um, things to get yourself out of funks a lot on that show. Um, and, you know, like the artist's way comes up a lot sure. or like various ways to sort of like approach a goal or a task. Um, like Don has like a very like good way of looking at things like <clears throat> like setting reasonable goals for yourself where like you set a goal for like two years or whatever and then you do things to achieve that goal and if that goal doesn't happen then you don't say you don't say to yourself like well that's just never gonna happen and I should completely give up like you find a new way of like looking at it and you sure. adjust your expectations and your so like it, it, there's a lot of that on that podcast um, that I have taken to heart quite a bit and like put to use in my own way um even if it's just like oh the idea of writing a screenplay was extremely daunting to me and I didn't think like I had so much self-doubt about being able to do that and then that podcast like influenced me to like just go read some screenplays and doing that made me feel like oh wait I can do this and then from there it was like just write like a scene a day and that's what I did until I finally wrote a full screenplay my first screenplay like this past month nice. um, or this past couple months I finished it and you know that was like something that I completely did because of that podcast that's um, awesome yeah so things like that um, I had a similar there's a podcast that, that just wrapped up its first season called The Supergroup uh -huh. which is uh, co-hosted by Tony Newsom from Bajillion Dollar Properties and a ton of Earwolf stuff yeah. and I don't remember the other guy's name, but every week they would get a guest from the world of comedy and a guest from the world of music, and over the course of a week, write and produce and, you know, finish a song. Mm -hmm. And they, they only did six of them, but listening to that really helped me get out of my head mm -hmm. and, like... One one of my goals for this year was just just start doing more music mm -hmm. because I I playing guitar is the thing I do to procrastinate from writing. Sure. So I play a lot of guitar, mm -hmm. but I also just wind up playing like alone in my living room, like with no one around. So mm -hmm. I like had had already started trying to make the active choice of I'm going to just record more things. Yeah. And even if it's just sending it to the other people in my band, you know that it's that's something right but over the but because so of that so it's at least creation not just procrastination ex exactly right and but and from from that and from like listening to this show and there's another similar show called our debut album where two comedians from canada write a song in an hour and then mm -hmm. it's sort of an audio documentary of the production of it after yeah. that um really made me get less precious and honestly just be less scared yeah to put music out there which is something i've wanted to do for god knows how long yeah but realize oh i sh like i don't have to just be like the comedy guy like i can right. do whatever and because of that like i just wrote a theme song for somebody's short film Amazing. i've been like it's led to some actual like performing gigs i've got like a songwriting thing that i'm going to be doing on thursday like it's 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 been really really inspirational to hear people that i admire mm -hmm. also doing the thing that i was scared to do and yeah. to look at and go oh yeah i could do that which, yeah. is, which is like the exact same thing totally. but for a completely different medium yeah you know for something that might seem like the most simple like to me the idea of writing a screenplay it's like it's not, 
just write a fucking screenplay. But the idea of like sitting down and like writing a whole song right. with like words that uh-huh. go with music, right, is like, but but it has to be perfect, right? But, I, but it's but mm-hmm. but just like anything else, you just assume your first draft is gonna be shit. Yep. Yeah, but it's just, like just the doing of the thing and the yeah. writing of it on the paper and the yeah. You just you get it out there. Know that the first draft's gonna be terrible. And yeah, then keep going. Yeah. As uh, as the author Jody Pico says, you can always edit a bad page. You cannot edit a blank page. That's true. That is very that is very true. Yeah. So so and um, she's pretty fucking legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say another another uh, podcast topic here that because uh, I know Brandon has some opinions on this. I don't mm-hmm. know if you do. Do you have a favorite podcast listening app? Because the Apple Podcast app is kind of garbage. Sorry, Apple, but it is. It's like your flagship medium, and you invented it, and your app is terrible. <laughs> do you have any suggestions for apps for people? Um, I don't. I go through Apple, but I agree that. There's, there's, there's a lot flaws. of bugs and like weird flaws to it. <laughs> Kate, I'll take this one. Okay. The, the the I knew he had a lot of opinions, so I thought I'd just give him a moment here. The only I love you, Apple. I really do. You've done a lot of things very, very, very well. Your podcast app, from the moment it launched on whatever iPhone that was, until the most recent version, has and always will be trash. Mm. Just utter trash. And it's so close. There are some things that it just doesn't do mm-hmm. that seem bonkers to me and the way it's laid out. And what I'm saying is you need use Overcast. This this is this is like I don't I don't like to Which is only on iPhone. You can't use Overcast on Android. Oh, you can? Um, no, there's no Overcast on Android. I use Pocket Cast on Android and they're very good. I think it's like three ninety nine. Yeah, Overcast is I think I wanna say like Four ninety nine, five bucks. And I think there's a pod. Podbay has an app on iOS as well, which is also very good. That's true, but like but again, they don't on Android. The the pickings on Android are slim. Um, but Overcast was invented by this guy Marco Arment, who invented like Instapaper and some other just like really solid apps. Like he's mm. the guy that if there's a thing you want an app for, and he's made that thing it'll be the best one Mm. and overcast it just has so many little like under the hood things that are so good that you wouldn't notice them until they're gone like Mm. if you're listening to overcast but also using your like your maps or something on your phone overcast just does the simple thing of starting you back about three seconds yeah before it where it stopped three to five seconds which like other podcast apps don't really do natively at least not apples which just no. seems insane pocket casts does pocket actually casts, I, yeah, I would yeah. say that that's the closest one on android it's very good yeah but um yeah over, overcast is is i will i will go down swinging mm. for for overcast okay. like i'm i i did not realize i was this passionate about overcast i did turns yeah. out i am <laughs> i did i knew i thought i'd give you a moment yeah yeah, uh, it's weird because brandon um has overcast tattooed on his arm yeah i right? do um and uh, it says Marco I love you on the other side and then it's the list of all my other podcasts that I listen to on my chest yeah yeah there you go so um all right well as a as a closer here as a closer here if we uh if you had to if each of you and I can think if I can think of three can think of the top three that you would recommend to people regardless of their interests just Three that you love. Now, 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 do you want to want it to be shows that are currently running or shows that have maybe ended? Or Doesn't matter. Because if they if they are still available, if, even if it's ended. 
Um, uh, I'm gonna. So I've already mentioned my favorite murder and the need to fail. Those are so great. And what WTF, Mark Marin? So I'm gonna Lock pick three other ones. Um, Spooked by Snap Judgment. It's uh, ghost stories. They do it um, leading up to Halloween. Really, really, really good storytelling. Really, really eerie stuff. Uh, they put out a new episode every Wednesday. I think Wednesdays leading up to Halloween, and oh, it's so good. Um, I currently one of mine is Pod Save America. Which mm. sorry if I took that from you, babe. But um, oh yeah, you're right. No, that I love that show, but it's starting to stress me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you do have to want to have. But all of the shows on the um, Crooked, which actually they kind of started their network, Crooked Media. Um, they're but the flagship one is Pod Save America. It's three guys who used to work in the Obama White House, and they twice a week will talk about the news and do really good interviews with, you know, all kinds of people. They went and interviewed Hillary Clinton when her book came out. They've had Elizabeth Warren on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great. Uh, it's really great analysis from people who used to, you know, be in the room. Uh, I mean, of course, it is. It's skewed. It's definitely skewed Democratic. Uh, and they make no, you know, mistake about that. They, they're not trying to pretend they're a news organization and are being unbiased. But, um, but they're really great. And they also have... Um, all of their shows are pretty great. One that I think that doesn't stress you out most is probably Love It or Leave It, but I've never listened to that one so much. That one's more of a comedy one, though it is also about the news. Yeah, Love It, Love it or Leave It is... And he does that one live here a lot, right? He does, yeah. He he, does, he did it at the comedy store for a little while. He just did one at Dynasty Typewriter. Um, yeah, it's it's if Pod Save America is the like factual news one, this is the let's make jokes about it at the bar the next night. Yeah, and they just started putting out... What's it, is it called The Woods? Maybe the, I think it's called The Woods, yeah. uh, but it's it's a more produced documentary series about where the Democratic Party is going, which is interesting and where it went wrong. Yeah, so I know I just listed three that are all from, but I kind of meant them as one. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Pod Save America family of shows is very good. I also the only thing I do listen to every week, which we mentioned in passing, is My Brother, My Brother and Me, mm. um, which. Uh, Brandon listened to forever and I was never into and then slowly was sucked in because they're hysterical. They're hilarious boys. They're hilarious good good boys. Yeah, it's, it's these three brothers Which uh, from actually, West Virginia. Which actually, even saying good good boys, we've talked about this a little bit that I feel like there are so many podcasters that have been influenced so heavily by the McElroy shows that there's such a language yes. thing that comes from listening to them mm-hmm. uh, that you don't realize until you've been podcasting and then you realize that you're using some of the same turns of phrase that you got that speech pattern from a bim bam mm-hmm. and you hear yeah. it on other shows too. Okay. That's interesting. And this is because the, the McElroy's between the three of them. And this isn't like an exaggerating for comedy number have like 30 podcasts mm-hmm. yeah. between the three of them and their wives and, and their, their dad. dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so much content that like is all very good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I think the McElroys are just a good starting point for a lot of people. Yeah. I would suggest uh, The Smartest Man in the World, mm-hmm. which is Greg Proops's podcast. Um, if you ever watched Whose Line back in the 90s and early 2000s, he was on there uh, a lot. He's a stand-up. And just, like, an astonishingly smart guy. Mm-hmm. And this show is, as opposed to most podcasts which have two or more hosts, is just him. Just talking to the crowd or sometimes just his wife and his producer for an hour and a half to two hours every week. And it it is, uh, he's so smart and is like the most literate, one of the quickest comedians I've I've ever seen. And like, like the kind of guy I I want to be that smart. Mm -hmm. Um, he's also just like a screaming lefty, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, which I find very amusing and endearing because I, 
because I he's I, I I tend to like it if it's, I think someone's funny and also agree with them politically. But yeah, his show he's been doing that for oh god six seven years now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, he's been doing that since at, at least when I was working on that John Turturro movie in twenty twelve. Oh, all right. Um, Jordan Jesse Go Two is another good one. That was the podcast. And that's that, a good introductory one yeah, as well. That was the podcast that got me into not that you don't listen to podcasts, podcasts if you're even hearing this list but exactly. yeah but if you had to recommend ones to other people so you know these are some good starter yeah. ones yeah sure and because like jordan jesse go i think did sort of it typified that early podcasting thing of oh we're just gonna chat with our friends right it just so happens that one of the hosts is a brilliant interviewer mm-hmm. uh, and that the other host is a brilliant comedy writer mm. and like performer who you know wrote for at midnight and a, and has just had a dope career mm-hmm. um but it was just the, these two guys making jokes mm. to try to crack each other up and a guest for i heard i heard my first episode in 2007 mm-hmm. maybe 2008 whenever semi pro came out and uh Andy Daly was in that and was a genius and i needed more Andy Daly content and he was on this show that i'd never heard of and cut to 11 years later that shows kind of the reason i'm pursuing a podcasting career yeah um and and it's also just really funny up and vanished uh is really really great if you did like serial if you like those sort of like start like one particular murder true crime kind of things this actually actually starts with a guy who's just like i'm gonna investigate this murder that happened in a nearby town and then so many things start coming out and then they actually solve the freaking murder. Oh my god! Shit. From like ten years ago, like Whoa. this murder. So it's a really good one. Um, and then the just like on a light, more lighthearted note, <laughs> um, Las Culturistas is I've a lot of, of fun. Yeah, it's Matt, uh, Matt Rogers and Bo and Yang, who are two comedians. They have UCB in New York. They do a lot of stuff. They also did Pop Roulette in New York. Um, and they're just really fun to listen to. They interview people. Same kind of thing find out their story, just kind of gossip about culture, and it's really fun. The uh, the last one I think I'll recommend is a show called Dubai Friday, which is hosted by Max Temkin, who's one of the creators of Cards Against Humanity, and Merlin Mann, mm-hmm. who was one of the hosts of You Look Nice Today, which is one of uh, the uh, one of the other early, like, if, if you were listening to podcasts in 2008, mm-hmm. you were listening to You Look Nice Today. Like, it was that sort of omnipresent in the scene back then, and... Uh, it's the the two of them and then a woman who does like audio for cards against humanity Mm -hmm. uh and the premise is that each week they are given a task Mm -hmm. that they have to do by friday wow and then they talk about it and that can sometimes be just the last five minutes of the episode they cursor cursorily that's not they they could they could just even in passing go over the challenge yeah it, but it's just these these three very endearing very different voices uh that i that i find very funny but it, it, it's it to me is the epitome of these three people are talking about literally nothing mm-hmm. but i'm fascinated by it mm-hmm. so podcasts are just you know the seinfeld of the new millennium a little bit um yeah i would say a third one for me is actually the polygon show which is uh it's four women who work at polygon.com the website polygon.com the video game website polygon.com uh, and uh, and they do they just talk about gaming news and what they're playing this week and they're all just really like fun and and 
they're funny even though i'm not sure that's their purpose necessarily all the time but they're they're really great um they're they're all openly queer they're it's just really cool to hear four women like leading this flagship show about Mm -hmm. video games and Mm -hmm. and talking about that and it was a it was actually like a really important podcast to me when it first started because it's i i love video games um i'm not very good at playing them nope but i i really love the medium and i think it's it's so cool the stories you can tell with them but because i'm not very good at them it was always a thing that felt very difficult for me to get into that there was this really high entry barrier and hearing these girls that women but that are you know about my age and had the same experiences as me with the exception of you know i wasn't allowed to play video games growing up but um just talking about it and and talking about even games that, you know, aren't big AAA games. I feel like when you hear a lot of, like, dudes talk about video games, it's just going to be the AAA games, like, oh, just going to do Halo or whatever. But talking about things like Butterfly Soup, which is, like, a visual novel about, like, these queer girls in the Midwest or... Or um, Dream Daddy. They didn't talk about Dream Daddy, but I for sure have played Dream Daddy. Oh, no, they 100% talked about oh, Dream no, Daddy. Oh, no, they definitely never... Dating sorry, simulator. they definitely talked about Dream Daddy dating simulator. But, um, you know, all these games that were... They sound so interesting and sound like games that I can play and, and made gaming feel very accessible to me mm-hmm. um in a way that i really appreciate um so that was cool and i i mean you didn't mention it but there's also if you are into video games they only do them once every like oh. nine years but brandon yeah. loves the besties yeah my my favorite video game podcast of all time may it may it rest in peace was the best until the next time they do it yeah may it rest in peace until they do it again every time they do one they say they're never doing it again yeah, it was uh, it was two of the McElroys. <laughs> they usually mean it, and then it happens. Um, it was it was two of the McElroy brothers at, who worked for Polygon, and two other guys who worked for Polygon. And the uh, the idea of the show was that every week they would go through four games that had come out and pick among them which was the best mm-hmm. game. And over the course of the show, that that premise changed mm-hmm. pretty drastically from weekly to monthly to yearly for a couple years then back to monthly Mm -hmm. and then now back to maybe yearly because two of them over the past maybe four years only two of them have worked for polygon at any given moment Mm -hmm. um but they're they're all really smart and it's very funny but they also it gets heated so uh they're constantly like and we're never doing this again (laughs) and like it it gets heated and it's also it's the thing you were talking about where it's the expertise like like i can i could listen to people who I think are funny talk about video games for an hour. Right. But I would much rather listen to people who I respect from like a critical and journalistic standpoint, who also happen to be jaw-droppingly hysterical, than just, you know, some people that are like, oh yeah, this video game was good, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, it was cool, right? That's been a little bit me on this podcast about podcasts, because I feel like <laughs> I'm only like really a surf, like, no, I've only no. scratched the surface of what there actually is out there. But that's all, there's so much yeah. out there. There is, though. but I'm very much like, these are like really popular podcasts that I'm going to speak about <laughs> as if you no, may but not have heard of them. That's not at all, but I haven't heard of some of the ones you just talked about. I haven't, because like I said, I, as much as I'm on this podcast and mm-hmm. I, I work with him, there's literally like three podcasts I listen to and that's yeah. it. And then only Bim Bim's the only one I listen to every week. Well, it's my hope that I, you know, I mentioned at least one that maybe you yeah. listeners out there can learn from or... All yeah. of you out there in podcast land and all the ships at sea. Yes, yes. Fi- final final question. You found a new podcast that you are over the moon about. Mm-hmm. Like, just could not stop listening to. 
you've plowed through all the episodes, all of the Patreon bonus episodes, and you've gotten to that first week where you're caught up, and now you have to wait that either couple days, couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Is there a term for that? That feeling of just loss of being caught up? I mean, I think it's just the end of... It's similar to binge-watching. That's true. If you've binge-listened. Sexual frustration. That's yeah. true. Some Someone on Facebook, and I, I'm blanking on who it was, suggested Podspringa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is really fucking good. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 is that is an oddly devastating feeling to deal with. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's like binge-watching. It's not new. There's lots of people that do that with other medium. That's true. And that's you just true. gotta wait every week. Yeah, that's true. I guess podcasts aren't so special. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This, this is really been, fun. Yeah, um, this has been a blast. If people, if you're interested in this, if people wanted to find more Kate Anderson or check out your work or anything, or if you're on the interwebs yeah. that people can look you up or follow sure. you. Sure, I have a website uh, with, again, Elisa Samsel's my writing partner, um, and it's www.samselanderson.com. Um, and we're also on Instagram and Twitter. That's a good Sam Instagram Anderson. follow. That's a good, it's a good Instagram follow. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I am at Hell Yes Brandon on all the shit, on the Tweeties, on the Grams, on SoundCloud. If you need me to write like a theme song for your dumb sketch, holla at your boy. Um, Gunslinger has our next show mid September. Our last one was pretty good. It was the most I've ever had in a Gunslinger show. And one of the sketches, I went from having six lines to literally every line in the five-page sketch. Yeah, but you had you got to be on. Script. But yeah, I got to be I got to be on book. Which uh, was a fun you challenge. guys have macho shows coming up too. Uh, yeah, we've got some macho stuff kind of floating in the wind. Uh, nothing on the books right now, but we're we're working on some real cool stuff uh, over there in macho comedy land. Um, yeah, I think that's uh. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I'll go to stamps.com slash WTF to get. Uh, yeah, right. No, shh, <clears throat> don't 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 put that in there. So. Um, this is a plug for away suitcases. Uh, right. Uh, as Have you, you ever wanted to buy a mattress without having to try a mattress? Try Casper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if uh, I'm still everywhere online at at girladactyl. Uh, if you are in the L.A. area and you like a live theater and you're not doing anything this weekend the newest show that i'm stage managing is called uh, it's women of manhattan it's a john patrick shanley show um the cast is phenomenal and that opens on thursday and we just have five shows this weekend so uh, it's over at the second stage over at the Broadwater in in hollywood on theater row it's really good you can get tickets now every time i hear the song gaston from beauty and the beast that line where he says something about manly and then says Tom, Dick, or, or Stanley. Stanley. You think of John I, Patrick Shanley. For at least a decade. Every time Amazing. I hear or think of that song, I think of John Patrick Shanley. He's an incredible he's, playwright. Did he write Doubt? Yes, he did write Doubt. Um, yes. Okay. I don't understand this joke that was just made. Oh, it's just, it's just I the playwright's name, for whatever reason, I always hear that. Tom, oh, Dick, or Stanley. I didn't even know his John name Patrick until Shandy. I started working on this, yep. but yep. I also am not, you know, a playwright. I didn't go to school for it. That's true. But yeah. anyway, that show's great. That opens show this weekend. The Portuguese Kid. Ooh. Yeah. No, this is one of, so yeah, Women in Manhattan, it's really good. It's from uh, the 80s, actually. It's 1986. Um, okay. But we're, and we're actually keeping it set in the 80s. 
but it's really yeah it's really good the cast is phenomenal uh five shows this weekend you can get tickets now nice i don't think i have i mean i have other shows coming up but i don't have dates to plug them yet are any of them written by john patrick shibley no uh, and you can follow the podcast online at, at IntuitPod on Twitter, or you can go to Facebook.com slash IntuitPod. Uh, we, are, we are on Stitcher now, which is cool. That's our big news. Um, and yeah, as always, thank you to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album Falling is Like Flying. They're coming to your town. You can help them party down. Oh, yeah. They're on tour right now with Get Buried all over the place. So like you can 50 look that up. dates. Yeah. It's... You can look that up. It's insane. I think they're in Texas right now, but I've seen some of some of uh, some clips on her Insta stories, and they are shredding. Yeah, they're. I think they're because they they apparently there's a Dr Pepper museum in Waco, Texas, and they I went. Saw that. Yeah. So there's a Dr Pepper uh, museum in my fridge. Ugh, Dr Pepper. No, actually, right now it's almost it's entirely almost ginger entirely, lime diet. Cokes. Yeah, ginger lime diet coke or or Lacroix because you're garbage. Your garbage husband. Um, yeah. Actually, that's not true. Earlier, he bought me a sandwich, and I told him he was the greatest husband on earth. I was very yep. hungry. And that's um, legally binding. I was very hungry. I'm I easily swayed by food. Right. You did offer me weed, though. I did. That is. <laughs> well, that is true. This is a California house. That um, is true. See, <laughs> so, yeah, Kate, thank you so much for yeah. for joining us. It's been legitimately a, pre- a pleasure. And awesome. we're very sorry about the air conditioning. Oh no problem. It's come up before. People have heard us talk about that. We can't have the air conditioner on, and it gets toasty. There's gonna here. be a, a butt sweat mark on your on your chair mm, here. There's but, gonna uh, be a few. It's fine. It's we're it's good. it's gonna be right in the butt sweat mark. I already left. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, so on that note, <laughs> podcast over. <laughs>